Our district superintendent, Reverend Ken Stanford, he's really the pastor right now. I'm just, I'm just the guy that's here daily. He's the one who comes every few weeks for food. <laughs> Come, Reverend Stanford. I know who Bud is my friend. <laughs> well, good morning. We used to sing uh, back in the day, uh, there's a welcome here. And remember that? Yes. No, I don't. Now you know why they don't have me sing on worship teams, because um, <laughs> it's a very dangerous thing. So, But it's good to be with you this morning, and I'm grateful to be in the house of the Lord with the body of Christ, where we can uh, worship together and encourage one another and be together. And, and uh, we're grateful for the great crew that's over there in Bond Hall. Did I get that right? Woo! See? I only lost a few more hairs remembering that one, but that's that's all right. So what a great week you had at Vacation Bible School. And uh, boy, I could tell you stories about VBS uh, when I was in VBS back in the day. That was a long time ago. Me and Moses, you know, we were, we were together. And Moses did better with the craft than I did. He, he just had something. He could do stuff with metal that I could never do. And, and uh, yeah, anyways, that's not my message, but... I stick to the notes. I have a short amount of time because, you know, we're, we're going to be eating pretty soon. And, you know, I know what happens. You know, hearts are hungry, but when stomachs are hungry, they have a tendency to kind of outdistance the hearts. You know what I'm saying? And so, but anyways, it's, it's good to be with you this morning. This morning, I want to talk to you about, um, about the importance of being in the Word as a community of faith. And so, uh, so we're going to get into that a little bit. And uh, so if you'll turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, Colossians chapter 3, great passage of scripture. I say that about every passage of scripture because every passage of scripture is a great passage of scripture. Amen. Even the ones that you probably say, I don't know if I want to read that. (laughs) They're great. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, I'm going to focus on one verse, but I'm going to read Uh, The first 17 verses, uh, I'm reading from the uh, NIV. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears then you also will appear with him to glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life that you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, Filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, uh, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed, being renewed in knowledge, in the image of its creator. Boy, that's a month of sermons right there. Uh, Here, there is no Greek or Jew circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, sometimes this is not the message, but sometimes we forget holy 
and dearly loved goal together, right? Holy and dearly, dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these things, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Father, I pray that you will help us this morning. I thank you for this opportunity to sing together, to pray together, to fellowship together, and especially when we fellowship in a little bit uh, in the other building. I thank you, God, for this body of Christ. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor John and his willingness to to step in and, and help in, on an interim role and uh, to be able to uh, be a shepherd among the flock as, as you have called them to become for many, many years. I thank you, Lord, for the folks that worked with the VBS this week and all the, uh, all the extra work that they have done. I thank you for those children. I thank you for the work that was done at the racetrack a couple of weeks ago and, and, and how your spirit is still at work. Your spirit is at work all around us, all among us, and we give you praise. But I thank you, Lord, for your word, and may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So um, the Colossians, those 17 verses right there, you could spend almost like two years and maybe more just digging stuff out and, and developing themes and, and, and reading about all those kinds of things. It's an incredible passage. And at the beginning of, of chapter 3, Paul says, since this, it's that you know formula, since this is true, then this is how you should live. Or since this is true, then this is how you are empowered to live, how you could live, how you really should live. And though this is kind of one of those themes where, where Paul says, since your life is this way and not that way, the way you used to live, now you can live into this new reality of, of walking with the Spirit. It's, in, it's an incredible passage of Scripture. I mean, I wish I had time even to unpack all these verses. I mean, it would, we would, well, we would be here for many, many eating establishment times. It's an incredible story. The Word of God is an incredible story, not just for information, but for transformation. We get a lot of information from the Word, right? I mean, we, we do studies, we do all sorts of things, uh, but really the word is for transformation, not just information, but transformation. And it's the Holy Spirit that's at work. And when you begin to understand the word and allow his spirit to work in your life through the word, it just blows your mind, right? It just, it just, it just blows your mind that God can help you and I live the kind of life that he calls us to live about forgiving and, and being patient. Well, about forgiving and, and being encouraging and, and all those kinds of things that God can help us through the power of his Holy Spirit because we're walking in a new life, right? And I love the image that Paul, uh, and I'm not even at my message yet, i got to move. I love the image that Paul uses here where he says, 
clothe yourselves. I love that word because, you know, when you try some clothes on, you know, you want to you wanna look for a good deal, obviously. But, you know, there's certain things that, well, that's a good fit. You know, there's certain, oh, well, that color looks good on you. There's certain things that just fit. And so when Paul talks about, well, when the scriptures talk about living the life through the Holy Spirit, it just, it fits. I mean, it's, it's like we were created to live this way. And you know what? We were. We were created. Now, I'm not saying we do it perfectly. And we're not here to tell stories. <laughs> but but we, we were created to live this kind of life that he calls us to live. And it's great. It's glorious. And we live within the community, the body of Christ. But the verse I really want to focus on is verse 17. Verse 16. Sorry. Verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you Richly. Let me unpack some words here, because uh, in, in the Greek, the way it's listed is it's let the word, the logos, the embodiment of the Messiah, the anointed in Christ, richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing uh, with I got to read my notes. What did I write there? <laughs> Singing uh, with with the uh, in in your hearts <laughs> before I you know I got new glasses so I I went this week because these just don't seem to be working very well. <laughs> I know I'll, I'll think of anything right. So I I got a little larger frame and I got some of those the bifocal kind of things with multiple lenses they call it. And my shock was I was thinking because when I when I got these back in May I mean I could see pretty good, much better than what I could see before. But the words, you know, uh, the words have, you know how the fonts have like a, like a shadow, Jackie's looking at me saying, will you just get moving here? But you, you know how the words, they kind of have a, the fonts have a little shadowing, you know how you can do that kind of a font thing? So I have a little shadowing and I'm, so, so I went to get checked out again because I, I thought maybe, well, the lenses must be wrong or my eyes are really going downhill quickly. And uh, so they said, well, you have some, you have some cataracts. You have, cataracts. You, have, you have some cataracts, and, you know, so it's a little more opaque, and, and uh, we could do the exam again, but you're going to have, you, you, you're kind of stuck with this until they do something else with your cataract. Oh, that's great. <laughs> and once again, it has nothing to do with the message, but it's, it's my life, you know, and, you know, I don't get to share this with people all the time. And, and for good reason, as you can tell by now. All right, so let me unpack some of the words. The word, because uh, logos means the word. Uh, it means the embodiment of Christ. Christ is the anointed one, the Messiah. We sang about that uh, this morning. And I appreciate the, the worship team and leading us in worship. And that was a, that's a great, uh, a great, great song. Uh, so let me talk about richly. The word richly comes from the root word, which sometimes is translated as wealthy, but really what it really means is fully resourced. Fully resourced. So uh, it, it talks about being filled by having God's muchness. I mean, it's just kind of a strange thing. But his abundance that comes from receiving his provisions through faith in Jesus Christ. Richly, let the word of Christ richly dwell. The word dwell is a word that means settled. It's, it's more than just, 
It's, it's more than just that because this word in the Greek has an intensifier. There's some words in Greek that have a, a little bit of, in front of the word that intensifies the word. You know, gnosis is a word about knowledge in the Greek, and sometimes it says epinosis, which means, you know, fuller knowledge. This word is oikos, which means family or gathering or, or friends, but really means family. But in, in this particular word, they have in oikos, which means it intensifies the word. So in other words, it's not just dwell, it's make yourself at home. Do you ever travel a lot? And then you, when you get home, you say, oh, it's so good to be, it's so good to be, all right, woo. Man, yeah, I can. Your stomach's so growling. I can tell. It's so good. There's no place like, yeah, Dorothy the theologian from Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. And you don't have your ruby slippers on this morning, but uh, there's no place like home. This is what that word means. Let the word of Christ richly dwell, make yourself home at home within you, within you. And the word you is plural. It's, you know, y'all or all y'all or, or within you. It's, it's plural. It's community. I mean, there's a sense that we want his word to be in us as an individual, but really his word is to live in us as a community, as a community of faith so we can encourage other. Because there's no spiritual growth apart from community. You cannot grow spiritually apart from community. I know that's kind of hard to hear in this individualized world, but you cannot grow spiritually Apart from community, we need one another. Amen. We're together. It's, it's community, and 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 so and even even we can't really understand scripture apart from community. Richly dwell within you all with wisdom. There's another word, wisdom. It's not just knowledge, but it's the art of using wisdom. It's an and affection, it's a thirst, it's a hunger for wisdom. It's wanting to know what it means to follow or to love after God. Wisdom teaching, which isn't just, you know, just teach teaching, literally means to uh, cause, to learn, to instruct. In the New Testament, almost every time this word is used, it's used with scripture, about teaching scripture. Teaching and admonishing uh, the word admonishing means there's two words that come together in the Greek, which means to place the mind. Sometimes the context depends on the trans- translation. Sometimes it's encouraging. Sometimes the word is translated as instructing. Sometimes the word is translated as exhort. Sometimes it's counsel. And then sometimes it's warning. And it's interesting because we think of the word admonishing as something that's negative, and and really it it does not it does not strictly mean uh, chastising. You know, I'm going to admonish you. I'm going to chastise. That's not what this word means. It means to encourage, to or to warn, or to uh, or to exhort. Teaching, admonishing one another. That talks about relationships. Many times, mutual relationships. Now, here's an interesting part about this one another. It's called a reflexive word. So in other words, uh, when we talk about one another, it's not, it's not the other, it's you first. So in other words, this, me, this word means when it goes out, it comes back to you. 
So when we talk about scripture and we talk about what God is teaching us in scripture, it's, it's not necessarily for you, it, but it happens in here first and then it comes and it comes back. It's reflexive. So, so when you talk about teaching and admonishing one another, you can't teach or admonish anyone unless it's happening within you, right? You, you can't talk about forgiveness unless you experience forgiveness and are experiencing forgiveness. You can't say to anyone, you know, you really need to forgive that person if there's someone in your life that you haven't forgiven. That, that's what this means. It, it's this mutuality of, a, of teaching and encouraging one another. That's the one another part. That's why it takes the body of Christ, the community of faith. That's a very important key, and I'll get to that in a moment. And then it goes, as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with what? With gratitude. It's interesting the word that's used there is not the usual word that's used for thanksgiving. It's the word that's used for grace, charis, with grace, which means a gift of blessing brought to humankind by Jesus Christ. It refers to God freely extending himself, reaching to people because he is disposed to bless or be near to people. In your heart to God. So the word heart, obviously, is not just the physical organ that's there. It's the center of our affections, the center of our being. It makes us tick. I mean, it's who we really are in Christ, who we are created to be, to God. I mean, holy moly, I just broke down the words. I mean, that took a little bit of time. That Those are just the words. To un- unpack this entire verse in context with chapter 3, would just take almost, well, it wouldn't take a lifetime, but it would take a long time to really go through this. So this is just one verse. And so, you know, this kind of stuff, it just, it just, um, you know, it just, it just blows your mind, you know. So starting tomorrow, uh, you all, all y'all, we're going to be doing a scriptural reading plan together. And uh, so we want the word of Christ to dwell in us richly. And um, so every church that's in the transitional time, uh, I usually do this with uh, with just the board. On occasion, uh, I'll do it with the congregation, but I, I feel that's important for us as a congregation to kind of walk through this together. So I'm going to need some help uh, passing these out. It's a scripture reading plan. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Anyone over here? I mean, I could do it the old-fashioned way. When I used to be in youth ministry... You know, you just kind of do that stuff, you know. But you know, I'm cultured now. We don't, we don't, we don't do that. Yeah. Well. So um, this this is a scripture reading plan that uh, starting tomorrow uh, we'll we'll kind of work together. And uh, so let me. I want to explain a little bit to you. I have 50 observations about this boil down to 10. They're very quick. Let me just make some observations. So this this is a long time ago um, when Dr. Owens was the district superintendent. Uh, one of the things that she would do every year as she was coming to the new year was that she was going to read through the Bible in one year in a different translation. And so uh, one day uh, she, had, um, she had been working through uh, this reading and she came across a book, a Bible called the Bible in 90 Days. Remember that? Anybody remember that? The Bible in 90 Days. 
You could read the entire Bible in a reading plan in 90 days. Really, it was 88 because it gave you two days of rest. But that's, I mean, that's a, so I was, you know, I was challenged by that. And, and I was pastoring in South Weymouth at the time. And so we decided that we were going to do something as a church to be in the word together. So some people did that. Some people did, um, you know, through the Bible in one year kind of thing. Some people did, you know, through the New Testament in one year. Uh, some people did five minutes. I mean, we found all sorts of different plans. There was even one that was five minutes a day plan. Can you believe that? Five minutes a day for the busy life, five minutes a day. And, and the goal was to be in the word. But the, the real goal was to share with others what God was saying to you about you. Yes. Not about the world, not about the church, but about you. What is God saying to you about you? And so, uh, so we started, so, I mean, we had, some people had a hard time reading, so we had, you know, the Bible on cassette <laughs> or CD back in the day. Uh, I mean, 8-track was already gone, and, and uh, so the stone tablets didn't work either. So, but uh, it was, so we had people try the, the dramatized version in the NIV and all sorts of things. So everyone, the goal was to get everyone, I mean, we had children doing it. Everyone, it was the goal was to get everyone in the word, and then we would share what God is saying to us about us, about, you know, that was really hard to do, because sometimes we read the word and we say, I know who that verse is for, right? You don't do that, right? Or sometimes we read it, boy, this verse really applies to the church, or this verse really applies to our world, this verse really applies to our government, this verse really applies... And, that, and I'm, I'm not saying that's bad. What I'm saying, though, is this is reflexive, right? So what is God saying to you about you? And then you would share that with someone else. It was amazing. It was amazing. I mean, I, it just, it was, and so, you know, we did the 90 days, and then we ended up, you know, so what's now we're going to do? We had 90 days. And we just kept it going, and it's been going for a while. Well, it was. Well, that's another story. But anyways, so uh, this is a reading plan where we will go through Philippians, because that talks about attitude. Colossians, that talks about living. Um, Ephesians, that talks about community. First John, that talks about love, agape. I mean, First John, I mean, almost every other word is love. And then on Sundays is the Psalms, which is uh, worship together. So the goal is that you would, for the... Uh, particularly like tomorrow, you would read Philippians 1, 1 through 11. And as you read that, you would, uh, there are several things that you do. Uh, if you see the top of that sheet, it says um, to read, apply, confirm, and know. Rack. I mean, it's really deep, isn't it? Uh, so you would read that passage of scripture. And then uh, what we're encouraging you to do uh, is to write something down or underline something that stood out to you about you, that God was saying to you about your own life, your own spiritual growth or whatever, and, and that you would write it down. You could use a composition notebook. You know what I did? Uh, you, know, you know those composition notebooks. They look like this. Back in the day, this would strike terror in my heart. It's like, the remember taking an exam with the blue books? Remember, remember those things? You still do blue book exams? They, yeah. So the blue book struck terror. I mean, it's like, you know, and so these composition notebooks, and I liked it because, you know, this one does too as a schedule. You know, you're supposed to make a schedule. 
And you know, at the beginning of the school year, I'd make a schedule, but by the next week, yeah, I know. (laughs) So these used to create panic in my life. But then I discovered, you know what? I'm going to use it to write down something that stood out to me from the scriptures. And it took it from panic to you know, pleasure. I was like, wow, that's pretty good. So, I mean, you could use one of these. You could use a, a moleskin journal, one of those kinds of moleskin or whatever they call a journal. I have one that I use. It's uh, it's right there. It's uh, it's a cloth one. And so this, it's just it's just stuff I write down. I'm not a journaler, but I, I just it's just a verse I write down and something about how it impacts. So you could do anything. So that's apply. What is God saying to you about you from that passage of scripture? And then the word confirm is that if the goal is at least, if you can't do it every day, at least once a week, you would say to someone, you know what I read this week? I read this verse. And the Lord said to me uh, about my life that I need to be, you know, maybe more patient. Or, or the Lord said to me, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, you're, you're doing the best. I mean, whatever it is, I, I, it could be anything. And you would share that with someone else. And they would share with you what God spoke to them about them. And the work, This it's called a confirmation, the spirit. Oh, my sisters and brothers, what the spirit does when you and I share together. You know what God showed me in his word this week about this? And boy, I, I, need a, I have a ways to go. Or, or he showed me about this and I need to work on this. Or he showed me this and I'm saying, oh, God, I really didn't know that was a part of my life. And when you share that with someone, so if you were to share something that God is doing in your life with me, I, it would confirm the work in your life and it confirmed the work in my life because the Holy Spirit as a work is at work in my life as well. So we're going to practice, all right? We're going to practice. Uh, turn to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to practice. This is just practice. This is just practice. Philippians chapter 1. We're going to... Do tomorrow's a little bit ahead of time. How about that? Just make believe it's Monday morning or Monday evening, whenever you do it. Uh, Philippians 1, 1 through 11. I'm going to pray. And, um, and so as, we, as I read through these verses, just, just underline or jot something that the Spirit just says something to you. I mean, it doesn't have to be big or anything. Just, oh, that, you know, that kind of resonated with me. Um, so let me pray. Lord, I know this is kind of like practice. In, um, but, you know, we're talking about letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Now, I know when Paul wrote this letter, he didn't have, uh, I mean, he had the letter, but no one, not many people had this letter. And the entire New Testament people didn't have. They just had the Psalms and, and the wisdom writings and, and the prophets and uh, the Pentateuch. That were their, that's what their scriptures were. But you became the word, Lord Jesus. And and so as we kind of practice this a little bit, I, I, I just pray that you'll just, you know, highlight something uh, in this passage of scripture that will speak to us about us. I pray this in your name. Amen. So I'm going to read the first 11 verses. And, and underline or think of something that, that maybe jumped out to you uh, about in this passage, all right? Uh, Paul and Timothy, uh, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. 
In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may grow and abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Let's just take a few moments. What what stood out to you? Just you know, just say what stood out to you. What what, what kind of stood out to, about you? Not about you know we're entering a season. I, no. What what stood out to you? What did God remind you of? Or what did God encourage you of? Or what did God? What what was a what encouraged you? Yeah. Verse six. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day. What was encouraging about that? That the work that God is doing within me, he will continue, and he knows the best path. Right. Isn't that great? Isn't that, isn't that a great encouragement? Someone else? I know it's like asking for testimonies. Is, <laughs> who will lead us in prayer? Someone else? What, what, what stood out to you? A word? or I mean, it could be that verse, too. I mean, that's fine. Anyone else? Pray with joy. Pray with joy. I always pray with joy. I love that about Paul. So, do I always pray with joy? Well, that's I'm, you don't have to answer that. I'm just asking myself that. Is that your wife's name? Yeah, joy. No. Oh, Alan. Any others? What what stood out? What jumped out to you? How about one more? What was it? Right. I should have I should have put a reward thing here. I should have said though those of you who say something will be first in line and we eat some food. So this so this is so tomorrow you so you won't be with all these people. So tomorrow you read Philippians 1, 1 through 11. Get something and just jot something down. That's to the, or just keep underline it, whatever, uh, that stood out to you. And then the next day, Tuesday, it's, it'll be Philippians 1, whatever the schedule is. And once again, just jot something down. And between now and next Sunday, or even next Sunday, maybe you might want to have an opportunity during the service just to say, hey, this is, you know, this is what God taught me this, taught me this week from his word. Or encourage me in from his word this week. I'm telling you, I mean, we talk about the weather. Uh, we talk about sports. Ah, uh, it's even a bigger. Uh, and I'm not saying we shouldn't talk about these things. But we also need to talk about what God is teaching us in his word. That's why we're together. That's why the scriptures are so very important. Let me give some observations. Observation number one, 
Being in the Word is community. It's about being community. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a personal time or whatever, but being in the Word is not about you personally. It is, but it's also about community. It's about the body of Christ. The scriptures were given to teach us together. When they read the letter, they didn't read it you know, to one person. They, hey, we got a letter from Paul. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> community. Number two, this is not homework. This is not homework. Now, there's going to be some accountability, but this is not homework. If you think this is homework, don't do it. You have my permission not to do it. Because this is not this is not an assignment. I've had enough of those with the composition notebooks. This this is an opportunity to dig into the word. Number three, what is God saying to you about you? It's reflexive. Have you ever had someone say to you, uh, God told me to tell you? Right? And you know what's coming next. Yeah. Not something very very good. Or sometimes here's another one. You know I love you, don't you? And usually what comes next? You know, if you could just... What is God saying to you about you? Number four, I mean, uh, try a different translation. Sometimes we like to read things in a certain translation. What I'm saying is try a different translation. It kind of opens up uh, the word a little bit. If I had some time this morning, I have on my phone an app called Streetlights. It's kind of a hip-hop, kind of an urban vibe to it. And uh, so they have a person that's reading uh, Philippians 1, 1 through 11. has got a beat in there. And maybe you're not, I'm not saying that you need to do that. But there's all sorts, all sorts of different, and it's a free app, so that's even better. There's all sorts of things that you can use in translations uh, through the word of God. Uh, number five is try to be consistent. Try to find the same time, the same place to reflect and to pray. Lord, show me what, you know, what you want me to see. Uh, number six, share. You have to share. Don't. If God is sharing with you something about you, now I'm not saying about other people. I'm saying if God is sharing with you something about you through the scriptures, you really need to share that with someone because we are called to be in community. I am telling you that's a key because what God does, he confirms his work in your life when you share with someone else. And he confirms his work in the life of the person that you're sharing with. Who knows what that person might need to hear, share. Number seven, uh, once again, I just want to encourage you to use a notebook or something that you can, you might say, well, you know what, I stink at journaling. I'm not talking about journaling. But sometimes when we write things down, it's easier to remember and to look back and reflect upon it. Uh, Number eight, we practiced already uh, Philippians, once again, Philippians is attitude, Colossians is living, Ephesians is community, 1 John is love, the Psalms are worship. Uh, Number nine, take time in the community meeting to share. So when you come to service, share with someone what God has shared with you about you and his word. If you have a committee meeting or board meeting, spend some time sharing in that meeting what God has shared with you about you. If you're getting together in a fellowship time with people, share. Now, I'm not saying do that because we haven't done that yet. But you know, but you could do that this morning when we, uh, it's still morning. You can do that this morning when we gather and, and have a fellowship time together. Or even if you're going out with someone, just, you know, you have conversation. And, and it just can, you know, you wouldn't believe what God shared with me from his word about me. It's, it's not being selfish and not being self-centered. It's showing what God is speaking to you uh, through his word. If you, have a, if you have a rehearsal for a worship on Sunday, take some time and share 
what God is sharing with you through his word about your life. It makes an incredible difference. It really does. And then uh, lastly, it helps, uh, helps us deepen our understanding of God. Sometimes, sometimes God's voice can sound exactly like my voice. And when God's voice sounds exactly like my voice, I know I'm in trouble. Sometimes we need to hear the voice of other people as we share together what God is teaching us. Let the word of Christ, it's not so much you being in the word, it's the word being in you. And there's a difference. There's a difference. We could read all sorts of reading plans and be in the word like that. And that's fine, but really it's the word being in you because that's where the transformation begins. Amen? And you know what's amazing? And then I'll be done. I promise. You know what's amazing? You can read like the verses 1 through 11. I know you've probably read that passage of Scripture many times. The verse number 6 that you referred to, you probably read that many times. The pray with joy, you probably read, you know, uh, God's, I mean, you probably read some of these verses many, many times. But the context of your life changes. And there are times when you read something that you know you've read before, but something jumps out to you like, it's like it's a brand new insight. Like, you've never seen that before. And you've read that verse a hundred times. Because the context in your life has changed. Maybe you're thinking about someone. Maybe it's a relational Something in your life has changed. And that's what I love about God's word, right? Isn't that what's great about God's word? That's what I love about God's word is that you can read the same passage that you've read many times, but the context of your life is different. And all of a sudden, there's something there that God shares with you that I haven't seen that before. My reading plan this week uh, is the last couple of weeks has been in the book of Acts. And, um, you know, there was a time, oh, I really promise this is it. I really promise this. <laughs> you know, when, when, uh, when Paul uh, was sharing and, and um, he was causing uh, some trouble, and, well, he wasn't causing the trouble. They, anyways, they stoned him. And they took him out of the city, right, uh, in the book of Acts. Remember that? They stoned him and they took him out of the city and they left him for dead. And, and, and then um, it amazed me that this, the apostles gathered around him and he walked back into the city, and then they went on their journey, uh, their missionary journey. And they had the next stop was 62 miles away. And and so it just it it occurred to me, what what did he look like? I mean, I'm not saying I've, you've probably never seen someone stone. I mean, stone with the with the not with the drugs, but with the with the rocks. I mean, it's not a very pretty sight. And and so did. So my question was, was Paul really dead? And if he was, he was resurrected. I mean, just, you know, that might not mean anything to you, but it just struck me. as said, well, because these, these people that stone people, that's what they do a lot. I mean, they would know if someone was faking, don't you think? You know, they would know. I mean, how do you fake that? And, and uh, so it just, you know, so I, I shared that with the board in, uh, in Danielson because they've been on... Uh, they've been in this pastoral search as well and for a while. And um, so I said, well, what do you think? And, and then like three or four people said some idea. I just never thought of that idea. But this, I mean, I know that has nothing to do theologically. And it's, well, maybe. 
But it just I just never thought of that before. All right, now I'm done. I'm done. I should have been done before that one, but it's, it's an occupational hazard. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, giving glory to God, giving thanks to him. It's a very powerful verse. My prayer is that starting this week, starting tomorrow, as a community of faith, and I have, I have plenty, so we'll leave them out there in the foyer, as a community of faith, that we will spend time together in the word and that God will help us discern his voice and, as Paul says there, discern what is best because we're moving into a time where you know, we'll start sharing a survey with everyone uh, about the, you know, the strengths of the congregation, the challenges of the congregation, maybe some characteristics of your next lead pastor. The board's going to work on that, and sooner or later we'll be getting some resumes and be working through that. We need wisdom. We need discernment because it's God's church. It's not our church. It's not like we're going for an employment agency. This is God's stuff, right? And so when the people of God together are in the word trying to discern what God is saying in our lives, not not about what you think God's going to do in the church, what you think God's doing in your It's reflexive. It starts there, right? So what you think God is doing in your life, and as you share that with others, it'll be an incredible experience. So the next time I come to preach in 2024, no, I'm not sure when the next time um, I'll, I'll be here to preach. I don't know when the next food Sunday is. I'm not sure. But when the next time I come to preach, I, I, I'm hoping to hear what God is saying to you about you through his word. It makes an incredible difference. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for uh, this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for these sisters and brothers. And we thank you, God, for the, your word. And may, really, may your word dwell in us richly as we teach each other and encourage one another with wisdom. Help us, Father, that we, is not just that we're in your word, but that your word is in us. The logos of the Messiah, the embodiment of you, Jesus, through your word. So I commit this congregation to you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as we spend time in your word. May your word spend time in us and may we share with one another. In your name I pray. Amen.